Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're starting off with show notes as usual. We have 100% given up on our evening with mediums this year. Don't even think about it. Don't ask us. It's just not happening. Um, Really? Well, I mean, we're in lockdown after lockdown, so we're taking a break. But it's, but this is the first week of January, second week of January. For us recording. Yes. We will let you know if news comes up, if things change. We're looking forward to getting back to that as well. So we promise that if we can, we will. Okay. Um, We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. That is a podcast show full of emotional and intuitive intelligence tools for you. Kelly and I produce five shows. They're 10 to 15 minutes long each. They run the very first week of every single month, Monday to Friday. The very first show is always available free on YouTube and our website by sarlo.com. The remaining four shows in each of those series every single month can be found at the website patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Yes, Patreon is our beautiful membership portal. It's where if you want to expand on your emotional intelligence, you can. There are eight different tiers with all kinds of different benefits. Sips of Sanity is just one of them. There's also reflective questions, habit trackers, early access to Coffee with the Sarlos if you're jonesing for your weekly dose. Um, We've also got a draw every month for Mm -hmm. a free half-hour session with people in our top tier. And most exciting, we started a book club. Mm -hmm. So this book club is monthly. It's part of the Patreon platform. And uh, we've just covered Who Moved My Cheese as our January book. And we are moving on to The Nice Girl Syndrome by Beverly Mm -hmm. Angel. So in that club, Karen and I are breaking down the different assigned reading. We are pulling out or extracting all of those lessons that might be difficult for you to read on your own Mm -hmm. and really get. We're going to give you some examples, real life examples, um, and, and hopefully infuse a lot of tools as well where you can implement those things in your own life. Mm-hmm. The point is, is that you're basically doing a book study so that you can grow yourself. Mm-hmm. And with that on Patreon, people have access to a private Facebook group so that you can interact with other patrons and book club members who want this kind of growth for themselves and want to support you in your growth. So that's that's just mm. something really wonderful that was mm-hmm. dreamt up and birthed from 2020. Mm-hmm. Thanks to one of our patrons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We really do listen to you. When you send your information into us for suggestions and questions for content, we follow through for you. Yes. Um, Aside from all of that, we have our personal practices up and running. We are doing everything virtually these days for people all over the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, Zoom, WhatsApp, and Theralink. You can submit your request for a session through the website by sarlo.com, and we will get back to you promptly. We also have gift certificates, so you can get those, gift them to anyone anywhere in the world to experience their own session. You can do that at any denomination that you'd like. You can put it toward a session for someone if you'd like. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do the full amount, that's always great. Mm -hmm. We'll do a printable PDF format and email that off to you promptly so that you can gift that whenever you want. Biggest question asked is, will the sessions be as accurate If you are in another country or another city, sitting in your car, in your jammies, whatever, um, yes, those sessions are as accurate as if you had been here in Canada, uh, Ontario, in our house, like whatever, whatever it is that you think in your mind that you need to be in our presence in order for us to have a connection to the spirit world. I don't know why you think where you are matters, but a lot of people do. So we just wanted to address that and say that our connection is what's important and we're good to go to give you your accuracy. Okay. So moving on to today's show, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? Well, it's going to beautifully tie into our book club. Okay. Um, but I'm going to, and I'm not going to give it away. I'm just going to actually just tell it as it is. So um, I'd like you to identify, or, or to name, pardon me, not to identify. I'd like you to name a client. In this case, it's a female. I'm going to go with Tia. Oh, okay. So Tia made a phone call, and I actually don't know what country she's calling from. So uh, at the beginning of her session, after the consent process... Tia tells me that she's going to record her call, that she's going to write notes, and that if I do any doodling, she wants everything. 
that she's listening to the podcast, that she's listening to Coffee with the Sarlos, and that she follows along, I think she said on YouTube, wow. with the Sips of Sanity and was trying to figure out what she was going to do about Patreon. So she's got some idea of what we do, and she says to me, I just have one question, and I'm giving you an hour to do whatever the guides want to do with it. I really want to know what my shame is all about. Mm. That was it. But also huge. Oh, man, is it ever. Mm -hmm. So Tia says, you know, Karen, I know you and Kelly do past lives. I know you do soul contracts. I know that asking a question like this could put you all over my map, like mm -hmm. literally into my Akashic records. Like I understand it could be contracts with people who crossed over and you didn't need to do medium. She says, I'm, maybe you need to connect to the people on earth and see what's going on in my relationships. I know you might even have to go back into when I was born and how I was raised she says, I understanding that I'm asking a big question that means that you might need to constantly shift in the session to use different gifts, which I thought was just lovely that she had that level of understanding mm. and level of an openness that this could bounce around in how we're explaining her shame. So I want people to keep that in mind as they hear these things today, as you and I talk about this stuff together. So I was quiet for a little, a little bit. She says, just go silent on me for a little while. By all means, I recognize you might need to be quiet to get some information, download it, and then tell me stuff. So I'm just going to lay here and be open. Instantly, Kelly, I get sad. And I said, Tia, I said, when you said that you were just going to lay down for a second, I said, did you just, like, were you just overwhelmed with a little bit of sadness? And she goes, yeah. She says, I was. She says, I was, I, and I said, oh. I said, well, I, I need for you to feel or to know the information that your spirit's coming through saying that it knows that you're sad. And she goes, what? <laughs> just like this. I said, your spirit wants you to, to know that it knows that you're in work mode, that you are trying to be present, that you are no, you are understanding right now that the spirit guides could be cracking an egg and where we're going to open up some things here for you to hear or to know about yourself and about other people that could cause change. And that as a result of hearing it, you might change the way that you think about others, the way that you think about yourself, and the way that you feel about others, and the way that you feel about yourself. And so that this could be an hour and days of a little bit of feeling, or maybe a lot, of being on a roller coaster. So your spirit wants you to know that it's along for the ride, and that you're loved through the feelings. Because some of the feelings might be not that nice. You might get angry through, through understanding why you feel the shame that you do or who's caused the shame or caused the beliefs. And she was like, well, that's interesting. She goes, I'm glad then that I have my recorder and my pen and paper. She says, so thank you for letting me know that my spirit's here to be with me and is actually identifying what I feel. She goes, I think that's pretty cool that you're getting through the synesthesia what I'm feeling and that the spirit guides are acknowledging it as well. So she has a good understanding of what we do. Mm -hmm. So when I was just quiet for a little bit, Kelly, the guides came in and said, we understand, Karen, that you're going to have to go down a road here of talking to her quite a bit about some people-pleasing stuff. And that your regular, as we're doing this show right now, these list, the listeners are going to go, they might go, oh, here we go down the road of people-pleasing topic again. And some of them are going to go, yay, because you just announced that it is our next book in the book club and that this is how it kind of gets tied into that one of the things that people-pleasers feel a lot of is shame. Mm -hmm. And that some of them, as they go through that book club, are going to want to know 
Where does it come from? Why? Why do I feel shame in my life? Or, holy crap, I didn't realize that a lot of my behaviors are being driven by my shame. Mm-hmm. A lot of the decisions that I'm making about life, my career, going to school, getting into a relationship, dating, not dating, all going to a, through a divorce, not wanting to divorce, wanting to stay in my marriage, wanting to leave, all of these things come back down to those core beliefs of what would shame me. Well, yeah, and you're also talking about perpetuating it because if you're doing something from a place mm-hmm. driven by shame and then you want to get rid of the feeling and feel the opposite, which would be loved and mm-hmm. safe, then you please because you've been conditioned to it and it's the only way that you know how to potentially get that feeling that you want then you're so ashamed again of your people-pleasing behaviors that shame takes over. I love that you do this show with me because I will literally set it up and then you will come in and talk about the part that comes next and you do it so well. And I I shouldn't be surprised. Um, Well, I'm never really surprised, but I'm delighted by it. So... This is actually where we start right here in the session is talking about the people pleasing and the cycle that it creates and what you've said that it actually is a cycle Mm -hmm. and that it, as all cycles do, you don't sometimes know where the chicken and the egg is. You're not. And this is what she's trying to ask is, well, then where did that come from? And, you know, this comes from society shaming her teachers, and I'm not wanting to pick on teachers here. I'm just listing. I don't want teachers to go, oh, here she goes again. No, 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 no. And, and there are lots of, there are many teachers that are very healthy. You've chosen a profession to illustrate society. Partly. Go ahead. Partly because teachers do use it to get better behavior out of students instead of healthier skills. As do parents. Bingo. Why can't you be more like your do- your sister? Why can't you be more like your brother? Yeah. Why or, can't you be like the neighbor's kid? And I think, too, for some teachers that are, don't have a better skill set, it gets a quicker response that if I shame a student, they're going to get back in line, mm-hmm. meaning they'll stop talking, they'll... they'll Coaches whatever. do it? Yeah, it's it's all, all over the place. It's a great way to control people. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So we had a little discussion here around that it's everywhere in her life. And she, while she felt overwhelmed at first to hear, she's everywhere. And, and it was around dating. It was around shaming for body image. It was around, and, and she was like, oh my God, I do have that. And keeping in mind too, like I can't see her unless I choose to remote view her, right? So I don't know her body and whether she's shamed that she's thin, that she's overweight, that she's a redhead, that she's mm-hmm. a blonde, that she's... Got wrinkles. Got, yeah. Like the guides come through and actually describe some of these things to her where she is shaming herself. She's got weight in the hip area. It has to do with the fact that she's eating certain foods that create that in that area. And we had a little chat when it came to medical intuitive about maybe that improving if she changed and changed her diet and removed the weed out of it. Cool. Um, And that's good that she gets that help. But coming back to the body shaming, that's never a good thing. And we don't want to try and lose weight or get healthier as a result of shame. We want her to do it because it's the healthiest decision. So what we do is we try during the session, the guides and I try super hard to make sure that when shame shows itself in her life, we bring her what the opposite could be if she chose self-love. So in that example of the body image, instead of shaming and thinking I'm not going to look good in a bathing suit, I'm going to be embarrassed, we go to what would self-love be? Well, if I ate better then I would not have a brain fog with the weed. If I reduce the sugar, I might lose the weight, but I would also have better energy from healthier foods. So we go to, can we make healthier decisions and have better levels of self-care versus the option of what will shame do for me? Mm -hmm. Because shame will keep you, as you said, looping in, if I just shame myself, I might lose the weight, but eventually I might go back to eating it again. 
Versus if I understand it's coming from a place of healthy self-care, then I'm more likely to stay in a healthy habit mm-hmm. and a healthy process. There's also the simple fact of what is it going to do for me, which I think oh, people yeah. don't, they, they're easy and quick to ask that of the unhealthy choice. Well, <laughs> what's it going to do for me? It's going to settle my craving. It's going to give me that sugar high. It's going to, mm. you know, make me feel good in whatever way they're thinking, but we don't ask what's the healthy decision going to do for me. Well, it's going to allow me to lower myself onto the toilet when I'm 90 and Mm. get myself back up without assistance. It's going to allow me the flexibility if I do, if I'm taking care of myself to wipe my own ass (laughs) at a certain point in my life when that might be in question, Mm -hmm. right? We don't, Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily think, well, what would eating well look like today do for me later today Mm -hmm. and in my future? Yeah. uh, That's beautifully illustrated. And, and if people choose to educate themselves, even in just that one particular issue after today's show, and they look up what sugar and wheat do in terms of inflammation in the body and all of the things that that affects as we age with mental health and physical health, it is worthwhile looking at and educating yourself to then think in a current moment at 16 years old or 20 years old, that it is worth making a better decision today. Because it is going to affect future me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the shame, um, if, if I go back to just to the notes a little bit, the shame came from that cycle of when I don't make a healthy decision now in this moment, I know that I'm going to feel shame over and over again in my future. Even if I make a healthier decision later, Um, but know that at some point I might break my cycle again. So she has anticipatory shame. (laughs) I don't know if that's a, maybe that's a good phrase. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And, and that sabotage or prospect of sabotage weighs on her. It sits in, wow, this is cool. It sits in her current state and projects onto future her that I'm never going to get better anyway, or I'm going to fall into a cycle at some point. So why bother trying? And so the spirit guides come in and go, where'd that come from? And we want to show you that comes from her parents. Mm. That comes from them hearing her saying things to her as a child. Why bother? You just know, honey, you just know that you're going to anyway. Why bother? So she hears these statements and it's not that they just say it to her. I don't just mean that they go at her as a child. She hears her parents in their own regards saying it to each other. Mm-hmm. She hears her mom and dad say, well, you know, we're just going to start the diet after Thanksgiving, after Christmas, after New Year's, after in the spring, in the... Like they know, like they do it to each other and they enable each other to future shame. Mm -hmm. And they know that if they just do it to each other, that it can, if I sabotage my partner, then she's more likely going to be in agreement to making, having the pizza and the Friday bread on Friday night, which is what I want anyway. Mm -hmm. So if I future shame my partner, she's not going to fight me on Friday when I want, when I want my wheat fix saying that it's a Friday night and it's treat night when in reality it's not really treat night because I'm future shaming her now. I think that's worth a pause button. Oh. <laughs> and a replay or however people need to digest it. Yeah. And, and so she hears that as a child where her parents are having that conversation, where her mom's trying to get healthier and her dad's not. And so if he knows the future shame game, I love all these terms right now, is going to get her, he's not really thinking that it's affecting the five-year-old and sitting down coloring. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think she's really queuing in at 11 and 12 and 13 and 18. He doesn't really think all of this. He just thinks it's a conversation between him and his wife and and that the kids are five. They're not overweight. This isn't an issue. They're fine. Their their average weight right now, they're totally healthy. He doesn't understand that it is a belief system and a thought pattern that's being implemented in the home 
that is a seed being sown in the children and that it will manifest successfully over decades Mm -hmm. and over a full lifetime, whether he's alive for it or not. And that is his contribution to who she becomes and is as a person. That's devastating. It is. And And I think, like, if I think back to just saying this to Tia about the food and just saying this to how his parents had these discussions, you know, like, she does quite a bit of work just to sit there and go, okay. And you can hear that she can't place it at first. So she's just like, okay. And I'm not trying to say, make it fit. I'm saying to Tia, this might not fit for you in this conversation. You might have to chat with your family about it. You might have to actually ask your parents if that's true back when you were five. And she goes, no, no. If I think about who my parents are today, and if I think about what they are struggling with right now, this all makes complete sense because the future shaming that you're talking about is still being enacted and the pattern is still accurate. My parents are both still overweight and struggling with weight. So this can make sense to me. I just can't place it at five years old thinking that I heard that conversation Mm -hmm. because my memory isn't there. But if I think of my parents' current lifetimes, wholeheartedly it is. I don't have to stretch it far to understand that that behavior happened that far ago Mm -hmm. and that my parents are, have been playing out the very same thing for decades. And then she goes, oh my God, you're making me think about my own marriage. And when my children, because my kids are small, you're making me think about what I'm saying to my husband now in my own conversations that I'm doing to my kids. She goes, I'm having a moment. I fucking hope so. No kidding. So she goes, oh my God, Karen. She goes, I have to sit down and think about how my husband and I are actually shaming each other right now. And how we're actually doing the same thing to our child because we're perpetuating it. And so while I'm thinking about my parents and my past, I'm thinking about myself and my, my reality now and my own child's, my own children's future. She goes, I need a minute. So we hit the pause button. We literally, like I just really had a client that's saying, I need a pause button because I have to digest this. I want to place this. I want to make my notes. I want to write. I don't want you to talk. (laughs) I don't want you to offer me any more channeling. You go ahead and get what you need from the spirit guides. I need, I need to hit pause here in the session so I can process. Isn't that gorgeous? So literally I just went off and, or don't mean go off. Um, I went back and asked the spirit guides more stuff and waited and she did her own writing, comes back and tells me when she's ready to move on. And we move together to the next step with the spirit guides. Just think about how hard she's working um, for her parents, for her, for the child that she was, to love that child, to say, I'm going to get this for us now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, I want to pause there and point that out to people, that she's, not, she's trying to work for, her, for herself when she was a child. She's trying to work as, to become a better partner to her husband. She's trying to work better to be a better daughter and a better parent. Well, that's what healing is. When you heal yourself in this current state, you heal your past and you heal your future. Healing is generational. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I'm going to bounce a little bit. This might not have a total flow, but I I hope somehow that it just makes good points for people that are our listeners that do listen with their pen and paper or um, hit the pause button and go off and go, I, I, do, I need to do some notes for this, for this particular podcast. So the guides came in and told her that her shame was um, controlled her responses. And so I had to sit and I, and I wrote this down. I want to be able to read it to everybody. Would you like me to read it? Yes. I love when you read. Where am I going? It's up at the top. Oh, okay. We skipped ahead into some of the other stuff. So if you can just read this part right in here. Okay. So people pleasing client, shame came from not showing up for herself in this life. Shame controlled her responses and couldn't move to healthy responses. She was embarrassed. She was a liar. 
She was embarrassed she was a failure. She was embarrassed that she was a manipulator. Do you want me to pause there? Yes. I wrote that down, and I just remembered looking at that list thinking, holy crumb, it's going to, resi- it's going to require a lot of courage on her part to sit in this session. Because the guides are confronting the fact that the people pleaser in her has her lying to other people, mm-hmm. has her lying to herself. And then when people, when her husband tries to confront her and say, babe, slow down. Like, I don't think that's true. I don't see that about you. She has to be able to go. And she freezes because her people pleasers are like, I don't want to get caught. So she'll look at him and then just build the lie. She does not want to admit that she's people pleasing. Mm -hmm. So she lies once. She lies the first time to people please. And then when her spouse goes, babe, slow down. And tries to say to her, hey, let's have a conversation here. You're going AWOL on me. (laughs) You're missing an action. Where are you? She's like, no, 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 no. And she goes into, now I'm going to tell the second lie. I have to lie to him that he's confronting that I'm not being truthful. He knows. He knows me well enough to know that I'm people-pleasing. But I don't want to succumb and tell him that. So here comes the second lie. And then after that, in any way, when he finally caves in and goes, okay, she's not going to admit it. Our partners know we're lying. They know we're people pleasing. They're trying to help us. And we reject the reaching out and the connection. We put up the brick wall and say, screw you, dude. You ain't coming in. I know you love me, but I'm not letting you in. And that's where they go into, oh my God, I'm losing her. Oh my God, this is, this is the, you know, the, the alarm goes off, the, the siren goes off, I'm losing my person. And then they might go into their own panic of, what do I do? And that hits their trigger of, oh, what do I do when I'm going to lose love? I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to shut down and go into withholding and back away and freeze. I'll go into my own paralysis. Everybody has their responses to what we do, right? Mm -hmm. And so the partner might go into shutdown and now she sees his shutdown. Oh Lord, now what do I do? My partner is pulling away from me because I'm lying. So they now, what do they want to do? Manipulate. Because remember, the people pleaser doesn't want to go back and tell the truth. They have to now step into, I have to manipulate my partner sink further into your hole. And Tia goes, what? And I said, Tia, sink further into the hole. And she goes, Karen, I've never seen it like this before. Could just keep going. And I, and she says, you're explaining to me why my partner is moving further and further away from me. And I never understood why I just saw it happening. Mm -hmm. And she says, and you're telling me it's all the fault of my people pleaser. And while, and she says, and now I'm starting to feel something I'd never felt before. I'm angry. And I went. It's a big step for a people pleaser. <laughs> yes, Kelly. In the right direction. It's because mm-hmm. now she's doing the, what we, you and I call the good work. No, we do not call it that. I call it the dirty work. Okay. You keep trying to rebrand. <laughs> I'm not letting it happen. Okay. She's doing the dirty work. You can keep correcting me. I oh, it. I will. I, I love it. So T is now willing to sit down and do some dirty work. And she says to me, you're explaining to me the look on my spouse's face of disgust. Her behavior explains to him his look of frustration, irritation, um, giving up. Like there's a whole bunch of different things that he feels because this is a pattern. So it doesn't just happen once where he feels one thing, right? And so I, I'm describing this to her. And she says, this is all really true. She says, there are times where he looks patient, sometimes where he looks sad. And she goes, when he looks sad, she goes, I, I, I walk away. And she says, or I go right full bore into more people pleasing. Mm-hmm. 
And she goes, and sometimes when he looks angry, I try even harder to manipulate. I lie more. And I look, I think to myself, what am I doing? And then she says, and then I look like I'm angry at him, but I'm angry with myself. And I said, yes, but you don't tell him that. And there's shame. You go, there you go. And I said, and because you don't communicate and you don't tell him, I'm, you don't put yourself into a timeout. And she goes, say that again. I said, you don't put yourself into a time out. This is the problem. She says, I didn't know to do it. And I said, well, that could be one of your emotional intelligence tools, a time out. To be able to recognize what you're doing and how you're behaving and the pattern and the cycle that you're in so that you can just hit stop. And I said, I often use the T with my hands, you know, time out. I do that, even if it's just for myself, just to remind myself, hey, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like my behavior. I don't like what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, my facial, whatever it is, slow down. What's actually going on? I'm out of control. This is spinning. I'm spinning. And so I can use those words or those phrases in my mind or even out loud. I might even say it out loud to somebody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to be in a timeout. I've been people pleasing you. I'm going down a hole and I don't want to do this. It's only going to hurt us. That person can then look at you and understand, okay, they might be confused and not totally get it, but they get what you're trying to do, that you're trying to put an end to something Maybe they don't know what it is yet. Communication has to come after the timeout or the timeout is not useful. It's not going to be as productive as it can be. And so your communication has to come in that you look at the person, you look at your partner and say, I'm people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you caught me. Thank you. And I need a timeout. I don't like what I'm doing and I feel shame. I feel awkward. And if that person is trying to be healthy as well, this is, these are two people trying to be in a relationship. That person is then going to go, okay. They might look at you like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. Well, they're trying to let you lead, which is what they've been doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it could be as simple as saying, we're in a timeout and we need help <laughs> because I don't know how to help you and you don't know how to help yourself. So if that's, and we're the only two here. So clearly if we both don't know what to do and how to help each other or ourselves, let's get a third person who does know what to do and has the tools. That's healthiness. Mm-hmm. That's healthiness to bring a third person into that relationship or a, a third source to be able to say, okay, you've done some pretty good work here. So well, here's a couple of tools or, or just one. Here's a sentence or here's a question. Um, and it's for you or it's just for you. And let's go after that. Let's just see how you do with that. And then we'll give you another tool. So she sits there and she says, you know, Karen, she says, I appreciate hearing that it could be a third person instead of me because I feel like in the relationship I'm supposed to know and I'm supposed to fix. And I said, well, why you're dealing with people pleasing issues. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I said, so isn't it a tremendous relief for you to know that there are people that are qualified to do it and that your partner, again, if he's healthy or chooses to become healthy, can agree that that's, that's a good choice. And I said, if this is a partner who does not want healthiness, he will put up every roadblock he can think of to having a third person come in and help you. He will refuse therapy, the book, the podcast, he'll refuse anything. And I said, but, and and this is the choice point. And she goes, oh, I think this is the moment I fear. And I said, I think so too. You have to be honest. Yeah. And you have to be honest and see your partner's honesty to actually know, is this a healthy partner and I've chosen well or not? And she goes, I think, I think that's important. <laughs> so 
go Next ahead and yeah, go ahead and continue. She lacked the courage to speak, to share, to be, to ask for what she needs or wants, thinks or hopes for. Yeah. Amazing, right? I lo- I just I loved how the guides just put it down on paper because she was so struggling with her knowing. And and she goes, "Why do I struggle so much with knowing it?" We we don't though. We don't struggle to know. We struggle to ignore what we know in case someone doesn't like us. I know what toppings I like on pizza and which ones I don't. My people pleaser flares up if my partner says, what do you want on your pizza tonight? Oh, whatever. doesn't matter. Instead of what Pepperoni, you know. mushrooms, and, and cheese, like, and bacon. Like, there's no other question. Why are we still having this conversation? And there, there's the fun too, Kelly, if you go down that road a little further, that when your partner really does know you because you consistently can answer those questions, then if you're not fluctuating into your people pleaser, they know what you like on pizza and they're not second guessing themselves by asking. Yeah. And, and then it's just very quick, fun check-ins where they might say mm-hmm. the usual, or are you feeling up to something else? Mm-hmm. And where good, clear communication and asking a question like that now becomes fun to do Mm -hmm. instead of sarcastic or rude or mean Mm -hmm. or interrogation um, or just nervousness. Just the nervousness of of lack of stability in the relationship of I don't ever know what my partner wants. I have to ask, I better check in, but not in a fun way to check in but in an insecure way. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. That's where people pleasers don't have relationships that are fun. They don't have relationships that come from genuine curiosity. Their lack of knowing and having to question things comes from insecurity, which makes them feel the shame all the time. Yes. Especially if they're around a healthy couple or, or people who are doing fun dances in their relationship. You got her. Mm-hmm. Which then intensifies and points out your own level of unhealthiness. Mm-hmm. Am I continuing? Wait, I want to say one more about that. Which then means that you want to shy away from social engagements with healthy people. Mm-hmm. You prefer to have dysfunctional friends. because Or none. The, or none. Yes. Because that's your level of comfort. Sit in your own relationship shit show and be around other people whose shit shows are the same. Because the healthy people would have you feel your shame again. Mm-hmm. And you want to avoid it and be in the regular shame that you sink into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I'll just point out, in case people are buried in their shame and and not fully understanding everything yet, healthy people won't ever make you feel shame because that's what they want for you. Their presence and their behavior will trigger you to feel shame as you reflect on your own behaviors that's nowhere near healthy. Mm -hmm. Healthy people don't want you to feel that way. That's right. So if someone's pushing your buttons on purpose to feel shame, then you know you're dealing with a different situation. That's right. And somebody, as you said, and somebody that doesn't want you to feel bad about it, wants you to get the skills to come out of it, use those and be healthy and engage in a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you didn't give in to your shame, what could you do? Yeah. The guides just wrote that down on the page and said, could you ask her that? Is this something that this is an emotionally intelligent question she could just write out and post everywhere that she wants to? so that she can actually question herself in a way that moves her into that direction of, if, I, if I'm not going to go down this road, what could I get out of this with my partner right now? So in that, in that question of the pizza thing or dinner or something just routine in every, every kind of week schedule of conversations, if I'm honest and if I actually directly answer that question and know what I want, and my part, and I'm ready, and I give it to my partner, then what do I get out of it? And she goes, I get pizza. And I went, what else do you get? And there's just this like big empty pause of, I don't know. 
And then she comes through and she goes, a connection to my husband. <laughs> I went, yes, you get a connection to your husband. And she goes, and then my husband doesn't have that look on his face like he's disgusted with me. And I went, mm-hmm. correct. And then my husband doesn't avoid me for the rest of the evening and go downstairs and game all night. Correct. And then when he comes upstairs, he actually wants to sit down. He might want to touch me. He might want, yes. So she starts to understand that the payoffs here, when you drop the people-pleasing, means that the shame goes away, means that there's connection and healthy emotions. And desire. Bingo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just bingo, 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 right? Um, okay. She didn't want to be vulnerable or real. She felt alone like she was the only person on earth who was left in shame or feeling shame, mm-hmm. like she owns shame and doesn't share it. Yeah. Like in this conversation, she's like, I'm sure I'm the only one that feels this way. Look, Tigger. <laughs> Seriously? Have you not turned on the TV? Yeah. <laughs> Have you not seen any movies? Walked into a church. Oh my God. There's just a million places where shame is just, it's rampant. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, isn't this interesting that your guides are trying to say that you want to kind of make it that you're the one that feels shame and you're the only one and oh, poor me. And I said, you're actually going so much into victim mode. And she went, yeah, okay. She goes, I'm going to write down victim mode. I said, well, why don't well, you could name it? Well, here's some statements. Oh, go. So the shame statements. Yeah. If I'm an adult, mm. then I don't need attention. If I'm an adult... I should handle it. If I'm an adult, I don't need help. If I'm an adult, I don't need affection. What? Mm -hmm. So this is what her shame is doing, right? These are her subconscious, these are these deep thoughts in her that shame, that where she shames herself. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I'm an adult. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't have to ask my husband to touch me or to be affectionate. I shouldn't have to, he should know. Oh, these are, these are two different things. You shouldn't need it or he should know you need it. I'm just saying it all gets messed up and we have to separate that and make sure that she understands where her core beliefs are because that's what happens when shame comes in and victim comes in. They don't keep it nice and neat. Tell me you're not telling me this. <laughs> no, I'm telling the listeners. It gets messy. Mm-hmm. And this is an example of in the session where this gets messy and she wants to go from just shaming to other issues. And the guides go, no, let's bring her back to the shame issues. Let's make sure that she just writes those down. And we want her to understand what they are and what belief she has that motivates it. Mm. So if she believes that adults shouldn't have to ask to have their own needs met, that includes intimacy. That includes at work, that includes, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And that's where she gets into trouble because then she goes to work and she does, she won't tell a coworker or her boss what she needs because she's shaming herself. There's this new computer system block. She won't speak up and say, is there a manual? Is there training? She just looks at it and goes, I got to learn it. And, and other people are walking in going, when's the training for the new program? Mm-hmm. And she's just sitting there going, I guess I should know how to do it. So I brought it home on the weekend and I spent the whole weekend doing it. Now I'm angry because I spent the whole weekend and nobody else did. And it's like, she goes in and goes way ahead and goes right off the rails. And her manager's going, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you ask? Why didn't you read your email? It says tutorial on Monday morning. And no one feels sorry for you at that point. Oh my God. Exactly. This is one of the things we end up talking about, and I don't know if it was written down, is the fact that people start hating her because she's such a people pleaser that when they find out she went home and she worked all weekend and did all the people pleasing, it's just like, oh, it's her problem, not ours. Mm -hmm. They don't even respect her anymore. Mm. How can they? They can't. And then she's angry that they don't respect her. They think it's their fault. Or pardon me. Tia thinks it's their fault that she's not, they don't respect her. So I said, Tia, can you, can you understand 
what it would be like for your coworkers to hear that you all got the new program. Some of them went in and asked questions. Some of them read the email. You did neither. And you went into the people pleasing and you went home and you tried to figure it out all on your own and you freaked out and cried and complained to your partner and called your girlfriends and complained about your work environment and it doesn't support you. And then you come in on Monday and you find out that your people pleasing drove all this. She goes, well, I wouldn't have worded it that way. I wouldn't have seen it as the people pleasing. I would have blamed all them for not telling me. When they told you? I said, including when there was an email. And she goes, yeah. Got some other issues other than just people pleasing now. And I said, including when you find out that there was an email and it was your fault that you didn't look at it. Yeah. She goes, I, I just wouldn't even have wanted to see that it was my people pleaser. She goes, I would have still deflected and blamed other people. And she goes, I'm really grateful that you're pointing this out. She says, because I can clearly see really bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Good. And she goes, and I can clearly see why my husband walks away and doesn't want to talk to talk to me about any of this. You can't. And why he's created boundaries around it. He walks away, and then I think he's not being a good husband. And she goes, when in reality, he is, and he's fighting a losing battle with me. And she says, and so as a result of my behavior, all I do is push my husband away. And she says, and now I'm seeing that I push my employer away, my coworkers away, my family away, and my friends away. And she goes, so you're telling me that my people pleaser isolates me. And I went, yes. And you stay in high anxiety because you know you're this close away from losing everyone. All the time. So we had a wonderful egg cracking. Mm-hmm. We had a wonderful conversation of awakening, of awareness, of just being able to have her say where that beautiful question at the very beginning of the session, what's going on with my shame? Where is it coming from? And here her spirit comes in and goes, here's your mess. And I love you. Mm -hmm. Here's your mess and I love you. Here's your mess and I care. And I want your marriage to work. And I want your job to work out. And I want you to be happy with your friends. Your soul comes in and says, these are the things you deserve and I want for you. Your, your, your people pleaser sabotages everything your soul wants for you. Mm-hmm. And your husband is not against you. And neither is your boss or your coworkers or your friends or your family. You think that because your people pleaser says it must be everybody else's fault instead of mine. So don't look over at me, your people pleaser. Look at all of them. Ha ha. And it gets away with it. But it destroys, it destroys everything that you want. And she went, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And I'm like, you're done with your people pleaser? And she goes, yes. And we're at the end of the hour at this point. (laughs) And she says, what do I do? And I said, I think you, you, you find out about Beverly and Jal and -hmm. the nice girl syndrome and I said, is it okay if I send you information about our book, our, our book club on patreon.com and that you join a community of people that want better in their lives like you do and, and want to deal with this, whether it's your own problem or somebody else around you that you love or a coworker or your boss or an employee, like join the group mm-hmm. and, and find the tools and discover and work through it and don't go through it isolated. Or don't put it all on your partner's responsibility to be your only person to support you. Yeah. If your go-to emotion is shame, you shouldn't be processing anything around emotions on your own. Yeah. Because you have no responsibility. You have no, Mm. um, you don't have tools at that point. And Mm -hmm. so you can't be responsible for your emotions and see things clearly. No matter how old you are or what position you hold in society or in your career, mm. it doesn't matter. Be Have enough humility to know that help is the most beautiful thing you can do for yourself and for everyone in your world. Know that. And know that there are people that have the tools that are going to do it. 
and mm-hmm. that there's a community that wants to support it. Whether they're the strangers trying to figure it out on their own, or whether it's a therapist that Tia chooses to call and say, let's go, let's get some work done. Mm-hmm. And the book, and, and, and. You can do multiple things. Good. I thought her session was awesome in timing with the book club mm-hmm. for people to go, wow, this, this is important. It's my child or it's the way I was raised or I know about my people, please, or I'm aware I'm working on it. Are you, or are you saying you are, mm-hmm. or did you get to a point and stop and think you, you did enough work and now you're lazy and you're, you're sliding back. Or you don't quite have all the tools for your people around you to go, that's good. That's a good enough reason for me to stay. Or no, you've done a little bit of work and it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And you should not be assessing that yourself, as you said. Yep. Cool. Thanks for putting it together. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, Kelly, I think I've had probably five sessions based on this stuff since the original one came through about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and thought, I have got to put together a show on this because I promised a couple of the clients that I would. Um, And just because of just everything that's being presented to us and how much we're seeing that people pleasers really are hugely responsible when things go wrong. Not just the perpetrators, the enablers. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So I assume you will, but if you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at As usual, we do invite you to join us on patreon.com forward slash, pardon me, by Sarlo. Um, whether you're interested in the book club or not, there's some really great tools in there for everyone. You can check that out at the website at any time. If you're watching on YouTube today, please take time to subscribe to the channel. It's the logo in the bottom right corner. You can also click on the bell to get notifications so that you never miss a new video that comes out. Um, Thank you again, no matter where you're listening from or watching from today. We're appreciative that you are here doing the work um, to the degree that you're interested and invested. We're here to support you in any way that we can. Have a beautiful Saturday.